0: Welcome back to another episode of MHV's Off the Trail. My name is Mary Claire, and I am joined today by Michael Matone, VP of Community Impact here at MHV. And hello, Mike.
1: Hello, Mary Claire. Thanks so much for having me and really excited to be on the podcast.
0: Yeah, we're, we're very excited to have you here today. Uh, before we dive into our topic today, which will be credit unions, just talk to us briefly about what your role is at MHV.
1: Sure. So my role as VP Community Impact is essentially two roles. One is to help MHV enter into our new fields of membership, meaning new markets. Um, MHV has recently been approved to start doing business in four counties, Westchester, Rockland, Putnam, and Sullivan. So it'll be my job to work with the leadership team and everyone at the credit union to oversee the expansion of MHV operations into these new areas. The second part really ties into my title of community impact, which is working with all of our key stakeholders throughout our business operations and with all partners in the community and make sure that MHV is doing everything it can to be a good um, philanthropic charity and community partner in in the sense that credit unions were structured um, to be a servant to the community.
0: So you really are absolutely the perfect guest to have on today because we're going to be diving into credit unions in general and what, you know, what are they? What do they mean to people? So let's go ahead and really start. And, you know, one of the questions people really have is, listen, I can find the same products that you have at a bank. So what makes credit unions special?
1: Yeah, so it's a question you hear all the time. And really, the it might be the second most asked question about credit unions behind what is a credit union. right? And the reason for both is the same. What makes credit unions so special and unique in the financial services marketplaces is, is what, what makes us different in terms of what is a credit union, meaning our structure and mission and mm-hmm. why we we're reformed. Credit unions were formed as not-for-profit financial cooperatives that provided working families with an opportunity to save with and borrow from each other at reasonable rates. Right. And credit unions uh, were founded on seven cooperative principles. If you don't mind, I can just list those two, uh, yeah, for definitely. you right now. Yeah, yeah so the, the cooperative principles of credit unions, which makes us you know, different and unique from banks and any other entity in financial services, are voluntary and open membership,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, democratic member control, member economic participation, autonomy and independence, Financial education, training and information, cooperation amongst cooperatives, and concern for the community. So those seven cooperative principles basically drive the direction of all credit unions that do business through, across the, the globe.
0: Right.
1: And because of the structure of being <clears throat> open membership, mm-hmm. controlled by the members, so if you open an account at a credit union, you're a member owner,
0: mm-hmm. our
1: volunteer boards, and the economic participation from all of our members – saving with each other and borrowing from each other. Mm -hmm. That's what makes credit unions special and unique.
0: Right. And, you know, you touched on membership uh, a couple times there. And I think that's important for people to understand when you become a member with MHB or any of the uh, credit unions, you know, you're you're purchasing essentially a share in that credit union. You are a member owner. And I think that's an aspect that gets lost for some people.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that's why sometimes we like to say member owner as well, right. because the the term member, um, there's a perception of exclusivity, mm-hmm. um, where member ownership in a credit union is very inclusive, right. um, which means that with as little as your $5 share or your opening of your account, you have an equal vote to every single other person in the credit union right. in terms of, you know, your ownership of the institution. So it's very, very inclusive.
0: Right. And I want to go back to the nonprofit. You mentioned, you know, credit unions are not for profit. What does that mean for people who bank at a credit union, right? Because obviously as an organization, the credit union needs to still make income. They have operational costs and things of that nature. So what does that mean?
1: Yeah, so that is definitely a key differentiator that confuses people after you start to explain what credit unions are. Right. Um, as a member-owned financial cooperative, um, which is really what a credit union structure is, It's not a charity that relies on donations and fundraising to run operations like you'll see with other charities um, and 501c3 organizations. Uh, Credit unions manage their operating costs and other costs, as well as generate revenue streams um, through products and services they provide. Mm -hmm. People who bank with a credit union are the owners, like we had talked about. So essentially, the deposits and loans that come in and out of the credit union through each member kind of act almost like a recycle symbol. Okay. Okay you know, as as the money kind of flows in and out of the credit union, that's the circle in which the the money moves in. And Mm -hmm. a piece of that goes towards credit union operations to move the money from one place to the other. Right. If you think of a bank, it's more structured like a funnel Mm -hmm. where a lot of money gets funneled in at the top. And then after all of the um, profit margins and other um, finances that have to get Right. pushed out the shareholders, mm-hmm. you know, private, mm-hmm. outside investors of the uh, of the bank, you know, that little bit of, you know, what's left at the bottom of the funnel is what comes back to to, to their customers. To
0: the customers, right. Right. And, and that probably ties back to what you had mentioned earlier about autonomy being one of those aspects of, of credit unions in the sense that when we look at larger national banks, those are owned by shareholders. So, you know, the people who bank at those institutions, I would guess are, are losing some of that autonomy then. Is that what you mean?
1: Yeah. You know, there's no outside investment in a way that there is in a bank. You know, right. there's not people who aren't uh, customers, you know, people who you, you can have ownership in a bank and not be a customer. Right? right. And that's not the case at the credit union and the way that they're structured is for profit organizations there's continual pressure to grow operating margin, uh, mm-hmm. to, to grow re- uh, margins, right. lower operating expenses, um, generate more revenue, right. drive up those stock prices. That's really the goal of a for-profit company, public company. <clears throat> and um, because credit unions don't have that pressure, we can offer products and services at more reasonable rates.
0: Right, right. So now let's look at a credit union as compared to a community bank. Um, you know, is one better than the other?
1: So, again, you know, that depends on perspective. The key difference right. between credit unions and community banks, again, is the structure. Mm-hmm. You know, community banks, unlike large commercial banks and multinational banks, um, they're chartered to build and build to serve the local community. Right. Um, but community banks are either publicly traded or they're privately held.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they're for profit, where credit unions are member owned and not for profit. Mm-hmm. Another big difference is a board member of a community bank is compensated where credit union board members are volunteers, and right. we talked about that as some of the cooperative principles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> and again, with a community bank, you, you can have an account, and you're not an owner uh, of that bank. Mm-hmm. Um, again, offers similar types of products and services. Um, community banks are much more involved in local communities than large right. banks right. typically are. Um, credit unions are similarly involved in their local communities, but you know, again, it's really the difference is that not-for-profit cooperative banking model of credit unions, mm-hmm. which typically in, um, you know, in, in doing research um, on your own, you'll kind of see that it's typically more beneficial to the average consumer
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, to, to bank with a credit union.
0: Right. Now there's been a lot of change in the financial industry um, in recent years. Do you see the position of credit unions changing? Are they becoming obsolete? Are they becoming more important?
1: Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of industries get caught up with, you know, in this technology age, the old way of doing things is going to become obsolete. Right. Um, I feel like credit unions are actually becoming more important because mm. there's an increased realization in this technology age and information age. Um, there's an importance of strong local economies and mm. doing business with mission driven organizations.
0: Absolutely. And
1: and when you look at how credit unions um, are built, and one of the seven cooperative principles is concern for the community. So, part of the structure and formation of credit unions is to be mission driven right. and to give back to you know your local communities and help you know build and drive local economies. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes us as credit unions critical to the vibrancy of communities. I remember a couple of years ago, there's really. Uh, a campaign that came out with credit unions, there's really two options for you to bank. Mm-hmm. It's either you can bank with Wall Street or you can bank with Main Street. Right. With, right, with Wall Street being those large for-profit multinational organizations and, and credit unions being, you know, the, the folks that are on Main Street that are there and, you know, of course, non-COVID times shaking your hand and, and, right. and walking you through a better financial path and, and helping you along your journey.
0: You know, and that's interesting. But on the flip side of that, Mike, you know, is there a perception that because they are local and they're they're more, um, you know, more in, in tied in with the community, that credit unions are smaller or more limited in what they can offer their members?
1: So I will say right off the top, yes, credit unions are typically smaller than your, than than banking institutions, mm-hmm. just because banking institutions have so many more ways in which they can. Um, generate deposits and, and, Mm -hmm. and um, and capital. But in today's world, there's so many things that can be done um, technologically that overcome any limitations real or perceived. Mm -hmm. Um, Most consumers who research the benefits of credit unions see that, you know, they have plenty of technological offerings that allow you equal access to your accounts Mm -hmm. than our competition. Um, Many credit unions are part of cooperative ATM networks, again, talking about, Cooperation amongst cooperatives—one of those principles. You know, there's ATM networks that multiple credit unions run on, so that members have access to, you know, over a hundred thousand fee-free ATMs right. instead of just the credit union's ATMs.
0: Right.
1: Um, that idea of the banking relationship
0: mm-hmm. and the
1: principles of de- democratic member control and members' economic participation. If there's any limitation you feel that your credit union has you as a member owner have the obligation to voice your concern and drive change for the better.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a great point. So how do you see credit unions continuing to stay competitive and relevant then?
1: So I think credit unions who have remained competitive in the past few decades Mm -hmm. um, have continued to do so by listening to the needs of their membership, Mm -hmm. um, listening to the needs of their community um, acting upon its mission and being agile and nimble to make sure that they can make actionable change for the betterment of their entire member population. Right. Um, so a lot of that goes with communication and participation from membership. Uh, it's it's um, tough sometimes for a member owned organization to, you know, make big and substantial changes if they're not hearing from their members.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the more, uh, communication and two-way communication credit unions have with their membership, mm-hmm. the better job they can do to serve them. And that's really, again, going back to the whole structure of credit unions, which is, you know, the members participation and, and being here specifically for them and their needs. Yeah.
0: Right. And, you know, I think you you spoke about being nimble and agile and, and being able to adjust to a member's needs. And I think that has never been more relevant than in the past few months and how quickly credit unions were able to adjust and adapt and continue to serve their communities. Whereas, you know, if you look at national banks, that's obviously a harder pivot for them to make just simply because of size.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think it really, when you look at, How reactions happened by financial institutions to COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the changes that credit unions were making were, you know, all about how they can better serve their members or how they can best serve their members given, you know, limitations forced upon us by, you know, government and the pandemic Mm -hmm. um, to protect people from getting sick. Mm -hmm. When you look at large national banks, one of the first things you heard was, well, we're not offering this type of product anymore. Right. So, right off the, you know, the, the, the thinking from the banking side is what's the best thing for our profit margins? Because at the end of the day, we're going to have to answer to our shareholders at the quarterly shareholders meeting. Right. Where, right. Where credit unions, you know, think more of the lines of, you know, we're really thrown for a loop here with COVID. How do we adjust what we're doing so that we can best serve our members and meet their needs? So the fact that that comes first, um, is really, um, you know, the, the essence of what credit unions are and a great example of the difference between us and banks.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mike, do you have any other insight you want to share with us about credit unions?
1: Yeah, I, I think that the biggest thing is that there are many resources out there for people to learn more about credit unions. um, a smarterchoice.org, um any local credit union website, just like MHV's website. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of credit unions have people who are more than willing to sit down with you and talk to you about, you know, the, the, the individual credit union itself. Right. It's history, it's purpose, the products and services it, it, it provides. So, again, talking about that participation, if anyone is interested in learning more about credit unions in general, just reach out to your credit union or reach out to a credit union in your community if you're mm-hmm. not a member yet, and just ask questions about what the credit union is about, who they mm-hmm. serve, what type of community programs they're involved in, and um, the more research you do, the, the, the more information and insight you'll receive um, to help really get an idea of individually on um, how your relationship with a credit union would benefit you.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. We um, thank you so much for being on the show. This was very informative. Um, I work at a credit union and you helped me learn some new things. So thank you, Mike. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed credit union geek, so I'm always <laughs> happy to to, to talk about the credit union structure. And I hope the listeners enjoyed uh, somewhat of an education se- uh, session on credit yeah. unions. And everyone listening can always reach out to me and ask me if they have additional interest in learning about credit unions. I can go all the way back to the uh, credit unions that were formed in Germany in the mid-1800s that you know made their way over to the United States by way of Canada. So, If anyone has free time, give
0: me a call. There's some education for you. Well, excellent. Thank you so much, Mike. And thank you for tuning in today. As always, if you have anything you would like us to cover here on Off the Trail, please email us at podcast at mhvfcu.com. We will see you next time when we go Off the Trail.